0: Thanksgiving edition of the Five Spot. Yes, but we get really excited about what we will be eating for the holidays. But more importantly, let's dive into uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia game that happened on Monday night. What an exciting game. We were expecting a lot of explosive plays, but the weather conditions kind of restricted a lot of that. Jalen Hurts and, and the Philadelphia Eagles did what they had to do in order to win the football game. But more importantly, the questions coming out of that game more toward Kansas City's direction. Will they find a number one receiver that will be more reliable for their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes? Uh, a lot of things happened in that game with fumbles, drops, miscues. Uh, but at the end of it all, they still had a chance to win. When I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and I've been a part of an offense where you didn't have a true number one wide receiver where you decide to spread the ball around, get everyone opportunities to make plays for you. There will be drops, there will be mistakes. Uh, but you'll still find yourself in games. And I think this could be something that will hinder them later part of the season uh, because they need someone to step up. Uh, I thought Rice would be the guy and he made some, made some great plays in the game. Uh, but when it came down to it, Valdez Scanlon dropping the ball, running into the end zone uh, really just kind of took the air out of this football team. Armando would when this continues on, and you can t- definitely see on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' face, uh, do you think that this is a major issue across the league because of money? Or do you think that just, just the direction the Kansas City Chiefs went and now it's starting to bite them in the butt?
1: Right. So, you know, it's interesting, Donovan, that you mentioned that you know what it's like not to have a number one wide receiver. Um Because your head coach was Andy (laughs) Reid. Right. And here we are, Andy Reid, once again, with, you know, what I I tweeted the other day. I don't know if you call them tweets anymore (laughs) or you call them zweets or (laughs) what you call them on X. But they have a Cadillac quarterback. Right. And a Hugo wide receiver core. Um and 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 that's bad because they at least need some Chevrolets in there, uh, they or maybe a Buick or two. Uh, I, I, you can't go with you go wide receivers. You can't right. win. Their plan had been: we're young at wide receiver, we're going to mature, they're going to develop, we'll be fine by the end of the season. Except right. that it's late November and yeah. they're not fine. It cost them a game. It, it, right. I mean, tangibly, it cost them a game. And I don't see a solution because at this point, are they going to be totally different in a month? Are, are they really? I, I don't see that. Nobody develops like that. So this is a, a, an offense now that you saw. You mentioned Rice. Right, most of the passes he caught were on bubble screens. Yes. most of the passes they throw are bubble screens, or a lot of them. Uh, and you know, the, Taylor Swift's boyfriend <laughs> not not as dynamic as he was earlier in the season. And when you've got that going on, they they're just they're just kind of icky. Look, they're averaging a touchdown less this year than they were last year right they were averaging 29.2 points per game last year number one in the nfl they're at 22.5 that's that that's a touchdown yeah (laughs) uh so that's that i i think their defense is better but their passing game with patrick mahomes of all things is worse and and while that might get them to the playoffs, I don't see them as doing a lot in the playoffs because you, you can make it a team that's one-dimensional coming in can be made zero-dimensional. Well, and that's what Philadelphia did.
0: Well, the thing about it with my experience with it, things will get better as the offense simplifies. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't like they were being super creative on the offensive end where it put a lot of pressure on the receivers. I look at it in a sense those drops are definitely correctable. Uh, and that was something that we went through. Yes, we went through our regular season, getting things kind of cleaned up, and we got hot at the end of the year, where in the playoffs we played very well. Our receivers stepped up, they made plays, a running game. The thing that that stands out to me, more importantly, is Mr. Travel across the country in a bye week and, and go hang out with your girlfriend for him not to look the way that he's been looking all pretty much all season. Now we can we can bring up Taylor Swift being in the game and his energy and the way he plays. I don't think that it's so much Taylor Swift. I just think for for Travis Kelsey, at some point you got to start pulling the plug and, and focusing on what you're doing. And that's not saying eliminate the Taylor Swift situation that you have. That's your personal life. Do what you got to do, but but keep it out of the limelight. And, and focus him because you have to be the guy to step up. You have to be the ultra-security blanket for your quarterback. You see what's going on around you. And so with Travis Kelsey struggling the way he did because it wasn't like he was force-feeding him the ball. He was open. And the relationship that he and Patrick have, he's got to continue to step up and be that 8-9 catch guy for, you know, a fifth 85 to 120 yards, whatever it may be. Now that it takes the pressure off of Sky Moore. That takes the pressure off of, off of uh, you know, Rice. That takes the pressure off of Valdez-Scanlon, which I've seen Valdez-Scanlon in practice uh, for the Super Bowl drop a couple passes too. So he's not the sure hands guy. He's the deep threat. But in that regard, that's a play that I'm sure he's going to watch over and over and over again because that's the talk in Kansas City about that one drop that he had. But I was more impressed about their defense. Kansas City's defense, to me, showed so much in that first half where we're expecting to play man, they go zone. They You're expecting to play zone, they pressure you, go all out blitz and go man. They were able to get to Jalen Hurts five times in the first half. In the second half, things changed because offensively, they couldn't do anything on the offensive end, so I put so much pressure back on the defense. And I thought the defense did fairly well, just not enough. So I just think for Kansas City, it will be continued to be a struggle, but I think things will change as the later part of the season happens, where now the pressure gets off of those receivers, and you'll see a little bit more of the run game and a little bit more of the quick game.
1: Yeah, the both of those teams, whatever they did at halftime, it worked. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the Chiefs, everybody, whatever they do, works because exactly. they're averaging five points a game at halftime after halftime
0: well it uh, works in a different direction yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it, it, it worked for the other guys yeah uh, exactly. which is a bad thing Andy Reid yeah. um and so <laughs> uh, you know Valdez Scantling if the game is on the line I don't want him being the guy separating me from from a victory or a defeat yeah. And I know he's disappointed. He came off the field, and we saw uh, famously him grabbing his helmet and banging it against the Chiefs' kingdom thing, uh, whatever. I, I was shocked he didn't. He didn't that. <laughs> well, I was I was shocked he didn't drop it, um, and, and so. Uh, <laughs> I wrote that down somewhere. Yeah. Where did I write? That? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, and so that's that's problematic and I'm um I'm, I'm not all that impressed. I know that the Philadelphia Eagles are, you know, what is it? 9 and 1 now. They yeah. got the best record in the NFL. Yep. Everybody's expecting them to go to back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I I got to tell you um uh, uh, they're on the struggle bus too, offensively. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um Jalen Hurts is not last year. Jalen Hurts for whatever reason, he's right. not. He, he's. I mean, am I wrong here? You,
0: uh, statistically uh, no, statistically no. But I think what you're seeing is they're starting to do what a lot of teams are going to start doing: double teaming AJ Brown, probably trying to double team Devonte Smith, and now. They have to find ways to run the football. And it's something that I've been talking about for the last few weeks for the Philadelphia Eagles. You have to run the football because when you look at their makeup of their offense, Dallas Guider being hurt really hurts them at this particular point. He's the guy that neutralized the middle of the football field, put pressure on linebackers, and he forces you if you decide to double team that he's going to have one-on-one coverage versus a linebacker or possibly a safety. And that's a win for them. He's one of the best tight ends, like true tight ends in the league as far as blocking and pass catching is concerned. But him being out is, is tough. But they have to run the football with Swift, and they did a little bit of that in the game with the jet sweeps, the you know the read options, whatever it may be. They were doing a lot of uh, this RPO stuff, but more getting them out and utilizing their speed, the screen game. And so I just think for the Philadelphia Eagles, it has to be more of that instead of dropping back 38, 35 to 40 times a game, trying to get the ball out to your receivers. That's going to happen once you show that you can run the football in the screen game, then you can take your shots.
1: Yeah, so you you mentioned the running game, and I'm going to go back to Jalen Hurts, because last year he was a MVP candidate, not just because he plays quarterback really well, Right, uh, But because he plays quarterback really well, and he adds the, the dual threat part of it where you are you don't know if you're going to give up a 15-yard scramble right. at any point. Uh, last year, he averaged 50.7 yards a game rushing. This year, it's down to 34. Um, so that is tangible. A
0: little and bit then, hurt, though. He also, he's a little bagged up.
1: That's, yeah. I mean, but dude, that it, everybody is, right? Yeah, I mean, right. no. Right. Yeah. Uh it, it's it's time to get better, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a healing, my brother. <laughs> and so there, and then there's the other thing where he's turning the ball over. Right. Um he's got 9 interceptions this year. That's already already uh, a career high, ties his career high, and so last year he had six all year, and and that that, I mean, unfortunately for him, he's got a great offense around him. He's got weapons. He's got a great offensive line, a solid you know running back core, right. but it's on him. Yeah. He's the quarterback. That's the guy we're going to look at. And looking at him, he's got to be better. Yeah, just that's the only way I could put it.
0: Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think for both teams, uh, you know, they got some explaining to do uh, in in their own building and, and being able to get things corrected. But speaking of quarterbacks that have to step up, the lack of quarterbacks, so to speak, in the AFC North of, of what we've seen so far at this point uh, with the injuries uh, from the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback standing uh, at this point. Do you think this is more about Baltimore, or do you think that there will be a dark horse uh, from Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or Cincinnati that will elevate to now challenge what we see? Because I know you're going to ride with Baltimore because you can't wait to talk about your Floridian quarterback out there, the the Lamar Jackson attack but give me your thoughts on just where we are. We got a firing from an OC. Uh, we've got Joe Burrow out. We have Deshaun, out, Deshaun Watson out. But we still have strong defenses in the north. And then there's Lamar. What are your thoughts?
1: What's wrong with Floridians, bro? I mean, <laughs> we, it's, it's the greatest football-producing state in the union. Um Yeah, so for And and to be honest with you, every time we, we they have explaining to do. When you mentioned that the Chiefs and the and the Eagles have explaining to do, um, I always it's an age thing. I always yeah. think of I love Lucy oh, yeah. and and my compatriot, you know, Ricky Ricardo.
0: <laughs> you have explaining to do. <laughs> I knew I could get you going today. <laughs>
1: You have explaining to do. No, um, yeah. So the AFC North is a mess, right? Except for woo, the Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens, look here, they are. <laughs> um, so the Steelers fire their offensive coordinator this week, right? And I'm sure we'll talk about that. The Bengals, they got. No Joe Burrow, the Browns, they have no, you know, the uh, Watson and the Ravens are sitting there going, yeah, we changed, we, we, we changed offensive coordinators in the off season. Yeah. We've had quarterback injuries the last two years, not this right. year. Uh, so everybody else is, is, you know, struggling uh, and, and all in upheaval and everything. Right. The Ravens are just chugging along. I get it. They lost Mark Andrews for a while, and possibly for the season.
0: Well, they say um, he could possibly come back, there's reports to say he might be able to come back toward the end of the year.
1: Got it. So that would be even better, <laughs> making the case stronger for the Ravens. <laughs> uh, and, and, I mean, the Steelers have, have a winning record right now. Right. You really think? That changing offensive coordinators is gonna change anything in, in uh in Pittsburgh?
0: No. Well, you know what? I look at it in a sense for for um the North. I think the Cleveland Browns are the one to challenge uh the Baltimore Ravens. Now, with that said, I mean Baltimore sitting at eight and three, and then obviously you have uh the Browns sitting behind them at seven and three right now, which you know I think DTR well, Ben, but don't break, don't lose the game him, but that defense is strong enough to help lead, which we've seen in Baltimore back when they won the Super Bowl, that defense carried. Trent Dilfer just didn't lose the game. Uh, he and Shannon Sharp. So I, I, I just look at the Cleveland Browns as being that team that can, their defense can carry as long as DTR doesn't turn the football over. And so in Pittsburgh, now that's a different story. Because this is the time where now the magnifying glass is on their quarterback. Everything around you has been has been kind of the uh, smokescreen, so to speak, of the focus being on the coordinator. Because everyone kept going back to when he was there, when Ben Roethlisberger was there. when They weren't really opening up the offense. And they, they actually, in my eyes, should have really started running the football because Ben was a shell of himself. And his, his arm was bothering him and he was throwing everything under 8 to 10 yards. And so everyone was talking about Canada then, and now they draft Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett is a rookie last year, had a good offseason in the preseason, and then all of a sudden now we look the way we look now. So I think this is the this will end up being the opposite of what we've seen from the Buffalo Bills when, when Ken Dorsey was fired, and Brady comes in, and all of a sudden it looks like Josh Allen is, the Josh Allen we all expected. I don't expect Kenny Pickett to elevate his game unless they're going to force feed their their wide receiver, their their two top wide receivers, and now start to eliminate the run. I mean, is that where the way you see it, Armando?
1: Yeah, so basically what you're saying is the Buffalo Bills got straight, or at least it looked that way because they've got a really good quarterback and good talent and the and the and the, and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers might not because right now they don't have a good quarterback and Antonio Brown hasn't walked through that door nor, do they, Wall-
0: nor do they want to. I don't think they want Antonio Brown. Fair.
1: Neither has Mike Wallace. <laughs> Neither has Heinz Ward. Right uh on. you know it, it's weird so in Pittsburgh this guy, Matt Canada, is the devil himself. He's like walking around and everybody's thinking, you know, the guy is like, rrr, 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 <laughs> like that. Uh, the, the bottom line is his offenses haven't clicked because you mentioned it. His first year, he had Ben, Wall- uh, ben Wallace, uh, <laughs> Detroit, Detroit uh, Pistons. Detroit had, basketball. <laughs> yeah, he had Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career couldn't run like you right. said. Uh, his arm was shot, right? So there was that. And now Kenny Pickett, who is not developed yet, obviously, and and a, and a an inconsistent running game, an inconsistent offensive line, an inconsistent wide receiver core. Other than that, he had a lot to work with, uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, uh, yeah, it worked in Buffalo. Yeah. Genius move to actually, you know, let Josh Allen not make mistakes in in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure that it's a genius move because now the the focus is totally on the players. It's no longer on the coaching staff. Now it's on you, players. And I don't think they got the players to do it.
0: Well, I, I think they have. They have weapons, so to speak. And I say that because it's it's way different than what we talked about in Kansas City. They have guys that can make plays. You have to just get them in space to be able to pick up the ball and be able to make plays for you. Now, if that's wide receiver screens, if that's reverses, if that's, you know, taking some shots here and there, they have guys that can stretch the field and get downfield. To me, it seems like they were trying to do too much Past 15 to 18 yards. And remember, like I talked about when Ben Roethlisberger was there, everything was 12 yards or less. It was almost like watching Drew Brees toward the end of his career with Sean Payton. It was a dink, a dunk, a dink, a dunk, a screen. Then it was a take a shot. That's what it was for Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that they should get back. They should have got back to that with Kenny Pickett early in the year when they seen him struggle. It had to be... Times where he needed to get the ball off with timing. He looks like he's reading something, but he's not confident in it. And then he's late trying to react to it. So now you're late throwing the football. And your receivers are open until they're not open anymore. And so I think with the Pittsburgh Steelers, whoever's the offensive coordinator now at this particular point, they got to get back to time throws for Kenny Pickett. Run the football still. Continue to run it more. But the throws need to be more time throws. The slants, the quick outs, the out and ups, the comebacks, the dig routes. These are things that you got to talk to your quarterback about. If you see it, throw it. Don't hesitate. If not, check it down. Let's go to our next down. Hey, we're second second and five. We're third and three. Get ourselves a better position to be able to run our offense instead of being in second and long, third and long, you know, now we got to figure it out. Okay. Just hand the ball off and put that's never going to work for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned their new offensive coordinator. Actually, now they got two. It's like, they got Mike Sullivan calling the plays and then Faulkner, uh, the, the, the uh, running back coach
0: running back putting coach. The
1: stuff together. So he's putting the game plan together and the other guys right. calling the plays, uh, Good luck with that. But if you got two offensive coordinators, I guess you get twice the production.
0: <laughs> Don't know if that's going to happen. Exactly. But I just think, let's give credit to their defense and the way they've been playing because they've been in bad situations uh, at this particular point going forward. Um, but to me, when when I look at just this overall and, and really the conference overall, Baltimore should take this thing By storm, I expect them at this point, being eight and three, to maybe have two losses. I think at the at the, I would say the most three losses. um, I expect them to be eleven and six, maybe uh, by the end, and to to be in a fight for uh, the number two seed. Do you feel that same way? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. – Mama ain't raised no
1: idiot. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going with a team with a quarterback and an offensive coordinator. Oh, I mean, really? But uh, now, you know that Lamar has had his moments where it scares people. Yes. Um, this year. And obviously the last couple of years he hasn't been able to finish the season. Right. And it, and the, the problems have always come. in Later part to of the year. It, right at this time of year so that's that's the thing that that may or may not separate the Baltimore Ravens from being maybe the best team in the AFC or an also ran
0: and that's why i talked about them possibly having at the most uh for, for uh three more losses uh at this point but let's go to the holiday games the thanksgiving day games where we're bringing out the what what is it the the turkey stuffing weekend. Yeah, the, the Turkishian or chicken, whatever that thing is. Turducken, uh, turducken. Yeah, turducken. Um, and, and we got some exciting games. And this as a young kid that I enjoy uh, kind of watching on Thanksgiving. But the big game, obviously, because of the rival, the will be the Packers and the Lions. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have the Commanders and the Cowboys, which it's still a rival. Uh, and that always seems to come down. At least for three quarters, we get a good game, and then the fourth quarter kind of separate themselves. And then, obviously, the 49ers and the Seahawks. We don't know if Geno Smith will be healthy enough to play. Uh, in his comments, in his presser, he talked about, you know, that he he should be ready to go. Uh, but I don't think he'll be nowhere near 100%. 100%. I would say he's probably at about 80%, 85% and going to fight his way through to try to help his team win the division. But when I look at the Detroit in the Packers game, because I think that's much more than the Cowboys and the commanders. I, I think this is an opportunity for, for Dan Campbell to really separate himself uh, and to let people know what the Detroit lions are all about. Jared Goff has been playing great. I like a uh, St. Brown has been playing great. Obviously we talk about their defense a little bit with, you know, their defensive ends getting pressure on quarterbacks. Their secondary is a whole lot better. Uh, shout out to, to Glenn. Uh, their defensive coordinator and the things he's been able to do uh, with that team. I think this is the time for Detroit after this game, if they're able to beat green Bay kind of sizably like meaning double digit win. I think now we start to talk about them up there as far as up there with the Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers and NFC.
1: Yeah. So for years, the Detroit lions were the appetizer on Thanksgiving day, right? They had the noon kickoff, Uh, The problem was the team that was kicking off was very often pretty putrid. Uh, And so you kind of turned it on because you had nothing else to do and you were waiting for, uh, you know, a a turkey leg, (laughs) or you just watched the Macy's parade on a loop. And (laughs) that's changed now because the franchise has elevated – And now we're not talking about them being good anymore. The bar has been raised, in my opinion, Donovan, where they need to win the division. They should win the division. And the question becomes, is Jared Goff uh, the quarterback that could take them to any sort of promised land? And is Dan Campbell that guy? And that's where the conversation begins, because. I'm not sure that either one of those guys is quite there yet. I I, I mean, they haven't been there, so are they going to get there? And I know you just you, – you love Jared Goff. Um,
0: why? Well, <laughs> like, why? I mean, I mean, if I recall early on in the season, in the uh, early episodes, we started to put Jared Goff as elite in your voice. You brought – Jared Goff up there is <laughs> an elite quarterback. I you listen, he puts up good numbers. And it's not never about the numbers for me. But I just I compare where Jared Goff is at this point to his Super Bowl run when he was with the Rams. And they're very similar. Very similar. Now he was he wasn't asked to do everything, but what he was doing at that particular point was good enough. And that's where he's at in Detroit. Now, he's leading this team with two good running backs. Now, Montgomery's back, healthier, uh, played well in the last game. Gibbs is an explosive back. Reminds me so much of Brian Westbrook, a guy I played with. He's dynamic in so many categories. The receivers on the outside are making plays for him. They're tight end. Young tight end they drafted. uh, Outstanding. And so – the weapons are what they are on the outside. Same as what he had with the Rams. Mm-hmm. And then their defense is explosive. So I just think this is more about team more than Jared. but Jared is the quarterback. He's the figurehead. So he's going to be the one that everyone is looking on to see if he can carry. Do they have enough to get to the NFC championship? Absolutely. They do. And I believe that they're a team that you do not want to play Especially if they hit this thing, this ground running toward the end of the season. If they're on fire, that is definitely a team you don't want to play.
1: I guess I'm gonna have to play bad cop here. Um, so so uh here comes bad cop time. Jared Goff, uh, we were talking about him being elite. And then we stopped talking about him being elite, okay? Because he's elite one week and not the next week. And by definition, that's not elite anymore. You're you're up and down.
0: Some You, you know, brought Jared Goff up no, and said he was elite.
1: In a week, I think that he threw three touchdown passes and threw for like <laughs> 350 yards. And then the next week he didn't. <laughs> and so that's the whole point of that. Uh, but all I know is that he relies on, you know, the play-action game, yes. which means the running game has to work for him. Right. Last week he threw three interceptions, I think, yeah. against the Bears. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I just know that in that very division, in that very division, and they're going to win that division, there's there's a defensive coordinator in Minnesota named Brian Flores who was the defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots when they beat Jared Goff in the Super Bowl? And he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins when they abused Jared Goff multiple times uh, <laughs> when they played in the regular season. He, the the answer to Jared Goff is pressure him, get him, um, you know, off his spot. Right, off his spot, head on the swivel, doesn't know where it's coming from. And he, He's a different guy at that point. And with Dan Campbell, you know, there are some head coaches that are just savants. They know the offense really well, or they know the defense really well. What Dan Campbell isn't either one of those. What Dan Campbell's superpower is, he's a great leader. Great motivator. He's a great motor- yeah, exactly. And that's great, but that kind of diminishes it on itself when, the motivation is inherent in the situation and what i mean by that is you don't need a great leader and motivator on super bowl sunday (laughs) you just you better have a great x's and o's guy right because everybody's motivated on super bowl sunday or in the playoffs or at the end of the season when you've got the the division on the line what i'm saying is uh, I don't know. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't
0: know. I I think in Dan Campbell's situation, he's surrounded with a great coaching staff of play, uh, former players that used to play the game, and also great teachers. So when you have a head coach who was an offensive-minded guy, I mean, you could say because he played offense. I mean, for Dan Campbell at this at this particular point, it's more about his coaching staff instead of Dan Campbell. He's a great motivator. He's a he's an inspirational guy and they follow behind them, and that's what a leader's all about. But I think this is more about the coordinators. I talked about Eric Glenn and what he's been able to do with this defense. This defense is playing pressured, lights-out type of football with creating turnovers. Now, offensively, they have an offensive coordinator that is projected to be one of the next young head coaches. And th- we've seen this over the year. Now, yeah, Jared Goff has kind of been a little bit of this, but not so much of this. It's been it's been somewhat steady, had some of these climbs, yeah, come down. Just that's, that's kind of the the lay of the land for all quarterbacks at this point. All these top quarterbacks that we put in there, it's been this way. And so, I think Detroit has enough to get there. Now, it's going to take a little bit of luck, obviously for everybody, no matter who you are. When you if you get to the to the AFC or NFC championship, it's going to take a little bit of luck to get there to the Super Bowl. Do they have that opportunity, that chance? I think they will. And so I'm, I'll am i be watching a little bit of that going forward to see what actually happens. But let's stay on this whole luck deal. Uh, the Miami Dolphins at this particular point are a team that's here. The New York Jets are a team that's here. And so when you look at the decision that was made, because we all were waiting on it, I think everybody in New York was waiting on when Robert Sala was going to pull the plug. But I hated the way he he approached the deal with Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson went from the guy who wasn't supposed to start to starting in the first four plays of the game. And then things didn't go well, and now you finally bench him, but they put him at number three. They don't even put him as the backup. They put him at number three, and then they put a quarterback in that nobody has really ever heard of. And if you look at him statistically, it's not really exciting. So do you think that this change will inspire the Jets or will it be just kind of be business as usual what we see?
1: Yeah, you're, you're talking about the Black Friday game, which, by the way, I love the idea of a Black Friday game. I, You know, another day with another football game for me is like a victory day. That's a good day for me. Uh, you know, I, what can I tell you? And yeah. the NFL is basically telling college football um, step aside young man yes yes step aside we got business to conduct I would say to you that what the New York Jets have is a Green Bay Packers problem (laughs) and and the Green Bay Packers problem is going to be at offensive coordinator this week it's going to be at the starting quarterback because Tim Boyle comes from where oh yeah the Green Bay Packers uh, it's going to be uh, on the sideline before the game where the former Green Bay Packers MVP is not playing. But he's out there throwing. <laughs> he's out there throwing. Great. Uh, and then Alan Lazard, a Green Bay Packer, not producing like he has in the past and like he's expected to. Uh, Patrick Cobb, a Green Bay Packer. Not Randall,
0: really Randall Cobb. Uh,
1: I'm sorry, yeah, Randall Cop. Um and so if if he made more plays I'd know his name. Um, so so the point is that's a team that you know they they put all their eggs in the Green Bay Packer you know basket and the Green Bay Packer basket had a hole at the bottom of it and they don't have a lot of eggs anymore. So the dolphins are going to you know maybe not look as great as they have in leading the NFL in points per game because the New York Jets do have a very good defense. But, uh, I mean, we know who's going to win that game, right? I mean, we know who's going to win that game.
0: Well, we know who's going to win the game, but I think, again, this is a copycat lead, so you look at McDaniels uh, at this particular point, I think he copies what he's seen with uh, Buffalo or what they did versus his defense. And he's starting to get a lot of his guys back healthier uh, on the offensive end. And so uh, a guy that I want to give a shout out to, Patrick uh, Ramsey, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Excuse me, you got me saying, Patrick. Jalen Ramsey uh, is back and getting back healthier, had a good game last last couple of weeks. So that helps that defense. Uh, but more importantly for the New York Jets, I think this is when you really have to lean on, on Brees Hall as well as uh, – you know, your, your running backs and you brought Dalvin cook in to help to add, be another added weapon. And you had it. you haven't utilized them. And so this is one where we do have good receivers on the outside. You've got good running backs. You got a solid tight end. You have to utilize them. And so is this a green Bay problem? I agree. Uh, but they have to find a way to clean this thing up because it's starting to get out of hand in New York. And we'll be talking about Robert Sala. It may be in the next three weeks being on the hot seat, just like the rest of these other coaches as well, if things don't work out.
1: What about Frank Reich? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think
0: of his hot seat? Uh, DOA. He's dead on arrival. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, it's not that much of a story because they're in Carolina, but I think that he will be fired before the season is. It's that bad in Carolina at this particular point.
1: Okay, is that fair?
0: You're one no. well and done. It, it's I mean... not fair, but Carolina has done this before, and it, you have to look at the the reputation of, of a lot of these organizations. And you know, it, it's one in which I look at for the Carolina Panthers the fact that they're not in the in the, at the top of the, the food chain when it comes to headlines. It's an easier transition for them to do.
1: So the problem that Frank Reich has is twofold. First of all, I look at their roster and I'm thinking, who is their Pro Bowl wide receiver? Oh, yeah, they don't have one. Who is their Pro Bowl tight end? Oh, yeah, they don't have one. Who is their Pro Bowl offensive lineman? Oh, yeah, they don't have one. That's a lot of people taking up space who aren't excellent. Uh, They're kind of just taking up space. The second problem he's got, aside from the fact that he doesn't have a super talented roster, is that the Houston Texans last year, they were worse than the Carolina Panthers. They actually had a higher draft pick uh, than the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers gave up heaven and earth to get to number one. Right. And they picked Bryce Young. And so Houston at number two picked. You know, C.J. Stroud and C.J. Stroud right now is better than Bryce Young and the Houston Texans right now are better than the Carolina Panthers. So Frank Reich's problem is a team that was worse than you last year who had us, you know, the pick behind you for the quarterback job. They have passed you. Their quarterback is better than your quarterback. And it's on you, brother, because you didn't develop them and the team has taken a step back and regressed. So that's why Frank Reich, I think ownership is looking at him sideways, going, I don't know. You might be out of here after the season is over.
0: I don't know if it lasts that long, Armando. I think they do it before because what a head coach that was calling plays relinquishes his duties and, and lets someone else call plays, that's a recipe for disasters. Usually the other way. It's usually when the offensive coordinator is struggling and then an offensive mighty head coach, he takes over and starts calling the plays. But we'll keep our eye on that going forward. Hey, we want to thank you for joining us here at the Five Spot. Thanksgiving is here, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for us to get some turkey, some ham, some chicken, some cranberry sauce, some sweet potatoes, some greens, some mac and cheese. Oh, some rolls. Make sure they got the butter on it. Oh, it's time to eat, baby. So make sure you get your desserts, all your entrees, your appetizers, whatever it may be. And please start. Stuffing, stuffing. All uh, some who?
1: Stuffing.
0: Oh, oh got, yes. We got to have more carbs. So let's add some stuffing in there. <laughs> and for those who don't like to reheat their food two days later, I feel sorry for you because there's a thing called leftovers. And it lasts for at least four days. So enjoy yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, and join us back here at the five spot. We'll look forward to seeing you. We got more explosive things after we recap what happens this weekend. So join us here again. Enjoy, be safe, and eat as much as you can.